With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. What if AI could help your business deliver mission-critical outcomes with speed? With IBM Consulting, your business can design, build, and scale trusted AI using Watson X and modernize the way you work to accelerate real impact. Let's create AI that transforms your business. Learn more at ibm.com slash consulting. IBM. Let's create. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Welcome to Trickeration, a production of iHeartRadio. Welcome back to another episode of Trickeration. Hope you are enjoying the story so far, and thank you so much for helping to grow the Trickeration Nation. This week, we've got two tales of hockey deception served on ice. First, we take a trip east to Russia for a hockey goon's guide to keeping Vladimir Putin out of the box score. And later, we hop over to Buffalo to hear from a Sabres hoaxer who once punked the entire league by drafting a player that didn't exist. Enjoy the show. Okay, so I'm interested in in meeting Putin because uh, I am not a professional hockey player, but I am a professional journalist. I interviewed Saddam Hussein. Uh, I've interviewed people all over the world, and I thought it would be uh, important for the American people to hear from Putin, and I thought that I could do a pretty good job if I ever got the chance to talk to him. My mother's here, and so uh, she's making a lot of noise over in the background. Nana. Could could you not talk on the phone to Maya for a little while? Because I'm I'm doing this nice podcast. I'm sorry. Okay? okay. All right. Thanks. John Alpert is an American journalist and a far-flung documentary filmmaker who's interviewed some of the most influential people in modern human history, including Saddam Hussein and Fidel Castro. But one world leader who had eluded him was Russian president slash crappy hockey player Vladimir Putin. So Alpert. A crappy hockey player himself came up with a daring ice capade to get to Putin. Just this rare experience that you had with a notable Russian politician. Tell me how this came about as far back as you can remember. What's the first domino to fall in this thing? I'd been trying to get in contact with Vladimir Putin for quite some time. I had sent letters requesting the opportunity to interview him. One of the things he does every year is once or twice he plays in a hockey game. So I began sending videotapes of me skating and in a sort of friendly way, challenging him to meet me on the ice. So who's your intermediary? Who are you? Do you just put a a VHS tape with Kremlin in the mail or how are you getting these to him and who's your intermediary? For the past two years, I've been working with Slava Fetisov. Slava is possibly the best defenseman that's ever played hockey. And Slava and I have been friends for the last decade. And Slava skates uh, 
with Putin is always on Putin's team and uh, Slava was helping me. I don't know exactly how this gets directly into the Kremlin, uh, but my messages were, were being delivered. Although I never was invited to bring my cameras onto the ice with him and conduct a formal interview, I received word that I would be allowed to play in the annual hockey game that he has in Sochi. This is a hockey game that celebrates all the beer league hockey players all over Russia. I think they might call it Friday night hockey. And um, I was told that I'm going to play in that game. So um, I packed my bag and got on the airplane and I flew over to Russia. I was met at the airport by a very distinguished hockey player, Yakushev, one of the greatest hockey players in Russian history. And he escorted me to the rink. And I'm walking into the rink with Yakushev and Alexander McGillamy. And all of a sudden, two of the biggest guys I've ever seen, I mean, these guys are huge. Uh, in, in, in gray sport jackets, they sort of gently but firmly grab me around my arms and said, hey, where are, you, where are you taking me? They separate me from, from everybody and take me upstairs to a luxury suite. And there's caviar and champagne and all sorts of fancy. And, Ooh, caviar, good, huh? And I said, no, I'm not here to eat. Champagne, dog, drink. I said, I'm not here to drink. I'm here to play hockey. And they say to me, you know hockey. And I didn't know what to do. Unbeknownst to me, uh, it was contentious that an American for the first time was going to be playing in this game. They've never had anybody but Russians play in any of the hockey games that involve President Putin. And I was relegated to this luxury box. About five minutes before the, the game was to start, Slava Fetisov rushes into the room and he goes, John, uh, can, can you get dressed in five minutes? Uh, and I said, sure, I can get dressed in five minutes. And he said, John, you know, and you didn't even have to finish the, the sentence. Yes, I know. You know. I'm not supposed to start a fight with Putin. I'm not supposed to deck him. I'm not supposed to do anything. There are rules in the hockey game revolving around Putin, and everybody knows it. The audience knows it. Uh, the other hockey players, you, you, you don't basically line Putin up and check him into the boards. But I have a friend of mine who, he's the most famous jazz musician in Russia. His name is Igor Butman. And because of his fame, he has played in quite a few games with President Putin. And uh, he came full speed into Putin. And everybody still talks about it. When I played hockey, I think the most people that ever saw me play hockey were 50 people. And, uh, you know, my family were probably uh, a big part of the audience. But I've never played before 18,000 people. You know, I've, I've won the, the, the hockey award that I have is for all-time penalty minutes. Uh, and my penalty minutes are like five or six times more than the nearest competitor. That's the only distinguishing factor of me as a hockey player. But luckily, the forces that wanted me to participate prevailed. And I wind up putting uh, my, my skates on faster than, than I've ever done in my life. And I skated around and uh, sat down on the bench. And and uh, the coach comes down. He goes, okay, da, da, you, points to me, you defense. And I go, coach, 
I haven't played defense since high school. I can't even skate backwards. He goes, you defense. Coach, I can't play defense. He goes, you no play. And so five minutes later, coach comes back and he goes, you defense. And I go, yes, coach, me defense. And I salute and I skate onto the ice. Now, Putin has a pretty good team. He's always on the ice with Alexander McGillney, with Fedorov, with Slava Vitisov, uh, and with Pavel Bure. <laughs> that's, that's Putin's support team. And my team are these scrubs from all over Russia, uh, from Siberia and from Moscow. And, and I've never seen so many mullets in one place in my life. And, and the face-off was in our offensive zone. Putin was taking the face-off. And he's got <laughs> Bure, Megildi, Fedorov, and, and Slava Fetisov on the ice. But I look over at my defense partner, and I, I say, we got this. And, and there are certain unwritten rules about playing with Putin. And one of them is he has to win the face-off. And you don't contest the face-off. So they drop the puck. And Putin <laughs> wins the face-off. What a surprise. And passes the puck back to Slava, Slava to McGill, McGill to Fedorov, Fedorov to Bure. And that puck, faster than it took me to say it, is sitting in front of our goal. And we're saying, oh my gosh, are we in trouble? Now, I'm not a fast player, but I am faster than Putin. And, and I'm skating my ass off, trying to get up there. And in the meantime, all the rest of Putin's line mates, they're already up standing in front of my goal. And ding, 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 ding. They're passing this puck back and forth. And there isn't anything we can do about it. And, you know, after a while, Putin chugs into the zone, comes into the slot. They slide this perfect pass into him. Boom, he scores. In the earlier iterations of the hockey games that involved uh, Putin, also the goalies were not really contesting his shots. That's changed. In our game, I'm going to say uh, Putin got five or six. Um, you know, he was scoring like a dozen goals in those initial games. I think that sort of fits into the pattern of the news about him that uh, he has exalted mental and physical powers. I think they've dialed back the scoring opportunities that he has on the ice so that they're a little bit more realistic. They were not accepted by much of the hockey world because we all know how difficult it is to score goals in normal circumstances. And the output was just a little bit too incredible. Okay. But I, I have one question. As a hockey guy, give me the scouting report on Vladimir Putin, the hockey player. If I was going to evaluate Putin's game, um, he's got a pretty stable stance. He's pretty solid. He has an understanding of the game and he knows where to go. I think um, his individual skating skills and individual stick handling skills uh, could use more practice. And what was your most intimate interaction with Putin during the actual game? So um, I would say that um, there was not any close contact with President Putin during the game. And so, uh, you know, that was it. And uh, my 
moment as a a fellow hockey player uh, with these uh, superstars uh, against Putin, it's over. It was sort of over before it started. But it did seem that there would be an opportunity after the game for us to go on the ice for the traditional handshake. Putin and his band of Russian all-stars beat Alpert's ragtag squad by a final score of 12 to 7. The ensuing post-game festivities would provide Alpert his best shot at a one-on-one with Putin. And then Putin skates around the ice a couple of victory laps. He probably was the MVP of the game and got a trophy for that. And then starts um, skating through the 60 scrubs shaking hands with them and everybody's got their phones out and they're doing selfies so i'm waiting and waiting and i'm waiting and putin looks like he's getting tired of this uh and he seems to have gone through everybody more or less except me so go over and i skate over to putin and i grab the back of putin's sweater and he looks like he's like what and the security guys are like what is going on there Uh, And then I probably had uh, 30 seconds or 40 seconds uh, exchanging small talk. He thanked me for coming to play, and I thanked him for the opportunity to play. And uh, President Putin said goodbye and skated off the ice. But what about the fact that a country that relies so much on propaganda, we've all seen the, the famous photo of Putin shirtless on horseback, that seems to be a strong contrast to showing a vulnerable side of yourself being a poor hockey player in front of lots of people who have never seen you play hockey before. This feels like something that you would not want to do when you're trying to show strength. Everybody understands um, the abilities and disabilities of Vladimir Putin as a hockey player. So if we want to talk on the positive side, he didn't start playing hockey until the last decade. So he basically started playing hockey when he was almost 60 years old. There's a lot of embarrassing things that can happen to you on the ice if you're not a skilled player. So hats off to Putin. I know in my game, we didn't want to let him score. We did not want, we couldn't do anything about it because uh, the squad that we were facing was composed of some of the greatest hockey players that have ever been on the ice. But we tried as hard as we could. All right, next up, we have a story from the NHL draft about a made-up hockey prospect. But first, a short break. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card. Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Are you tired of your scented cleaning products smelling and cleaning like meh? Then it's time for an upgrade with the power of Clorox Sentiva. With an uplifting scent that smells like coconut, Clorox Sentiva gives you powerful clean like Clorox, but a feeling like <sighs> being transported to a tropical island retreat. Imagine putting your phone on Do Not Disturb, tuning out all the constant, just the feeling of warm sand in between your toes 
and a fruity drink in your hand. The ones with the little umbrella. Refresh your home to feel like an all-inclusive vacation by getting Clorox Sentiva. Also available in grapefruit and lavender scents at a nearby retail store. This is Colin Coward from The Herd with Colin Cowherd. Angie's list is now Angie, the nation's largest home service marketplace. They're here to help homeowners get all their jobs done well. Angie has helped over 150 million homeowners care for their homes. Whatever your home project, big, small, indoor, outdoor, come to Angie to connect with and hire skilled pros to get the job done well. Listen, I've got a couple of things in a bathroom in my house. Gotta get it fixed. I don't have time, and I'm not good at it. Angie is. In just a few taps in the Angie app or clicks on the site. You can have Angie tackle your home service project start to finish. With over 200,000 pros in their network, Angie makes it easy to research, compare, and hire pros to ensure a job done well. With 29 years of experience combined with new digital tools to simplify the process, Angie makes completing home projects really easy. Renters, you can use Angie too for moving, installations, or cleaning. Angie can even help with extremely specific projects. Just tell them what you need, and Angie will find the right solution for you. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com, or download the app today. When I worked in in my time in the NHL, uh, I admit I was the, the, the clown in the league, and I said, why don't we draft someone that doesn't exist? And he looked at me funny, and he started to laugh a little bit. And he said, yeah, why don't you? When the time came for Buffalo to draft, we drafted Taro Tujimoto, 5'10", 175, Tokyo Katanas, 15 goals, 10 assists, all the bullshit. Like, the guy didn't exist, but we, we just kept pulling the gag along. The man behind drafting the greatest hockey player that never lived is Paul Wieland. In the 70s, Whelan was the Buffalo Sabres PR director, a role that landed him in the team's draft room where he was able to pull off his greatest hoax, drafting Taro Tujimoto, a made-up Japanese hockey player. Were you involved in any other sports hoaxes besides Taro? Oh, yeah, a lot of them, yeah. I would do a hoax uh, on April Fool's Day every year, and uh, that ran into the 90s from, uh, from the 70s. And some of them were absolutely insane. Uh, once I did a, a release uh, that we were going to skate the next year, the Sabres were going to skate on uh, plastic ice in the regular season. Oh, just just goofy stuff. Well, one of my favorites that got me uh, uh, threatened with federal prosecution <laughs> was uh, I uh, had us declared America's hockey team. And I got all the White House stationery, and I we did a letter... Uh, declaring the Sabres America's official hockey team. The next day I got a call from the Associated Press and he told me that the press secretary at the time was threatening to uh, have me charged with two federal crimes. One, using White House stationery, that's a no-no. And two, using the signature of the president, which of course is a no-no. So uh, it was a lot of fun though. I mean, nobody got hurt. You know, it was just goofy. I mean, it's it seems like things were a little looser back in those days and you could have more fun. And now it's so hard because everyone takes everything so seriously. And can you just tell me just a little background, what year are we in when this happens? And what was the entry draft like back then? It was 1974 and the WHA, the World Hockey Association, was still in business. 
And uh, the NHL decided that they didn't want the WHA to be able to steal players from the NHL. And so what they did was instead of going to Montreal, which was the usual draft location, they put each team on a phone line in its own offices. So when a player was drafted, they would come to you and you would get a phone call that would say the name of the team, the player, the junior record, blah, blah, blah. And from each draft between the last time you picked and, and you know, the, the time you were going to pick again. So this went on and on and on. This was really boring. It was just unconscionable. And I was a PR guy and I said, why don't we draft someone that doesn't exist? If you go back and look at the records, there weren't too many uh, players from outside North America that were in the NHL, very few. And so I think I brought up the idea of a Japanese player. So, yeah, we'll draft a Japanese player that doesn't exist. When I was in college, I used to pass by a garden store called Tujimoto's Garden Store when I was driving back to campus. When a time came for Buffalo to draft, we drafted Taro Tujimoto, 5'10", uh, or 5'8", whatever he was, uh, 175, 15 goals, 10 assists, all the bullshit. Where in the draft was Taro picked, and um, from what team did you select him from? Uh, Taro was picked in the 11th round of the 1974 draft, taken from the Tokyo Katanas, K-A-T-A-N-A-S, Katanas, which means sabers. <laughs> and, uh, and then the president had to read that 13 times back to the other teams, one after another after another. Buffalo drafted in there, and a Taro to Jimoto. We could just sit there laughing out loud, thinking of the scouts and general managers and coaches trying to figure out who the hell Taro Tujimoto was. So the media were told that we drafted a Japanese player, and the league was told, and it was in the record book. And by the time training camp came that fall, we had a stall for Taro, equipment hung out, a training camp guide number, a, a media guide you know number and record. Like the guy didn't exist, but we we just kept pulling the gag along, and even the owners didn't know it was a gag. We had completely faked them out too. They used to ask occasionally, you know, is this Tujimoto guy coming? The Japanese guy coming? Well, he might not come to camp this year. You know, his agent wants more money. So it went on and on and on. Some fans made signs, Taro says signs for years, hung them on the balcony. And uh, of course, I went along with it all the way and kept them alive in, in our media. If you go to a Buffalo game in, in the arena today, you will find that there will be some fans wearing replica jerseys. You will find many walking through the crowd with Tujimoto name on the back and the number 74 of the year he was drafted. So he's still alive a little bit, you know. Yeah, it's a it's a wonderful story. And I love the fact that he's still around. Do you think a prank like this could happen today? And if not, what does it say about that era of hockey when you did pull this off? Oh, I don't think it could happen today. And if I worked for an NHL team, uh, I would be fired in a week because I took what I did very seriously. But I also took hockey as the sandbox of life. And, and I like to play in the sand. There aren't any sandboxes anymore. They're just corporate suits. For a long time, if I had a gravestone, I always told my wife, put on it. I never had a Big Mac, which is still true, by the way. But now I, I might as well put on it, you know, 
Taro lives or something like that, because that's what I'm going to be known for in an in obit. It would be the guy who invented Taro Tushimoto, the hockey player who never lived. All right, a special thanks to John Alpert and Paul Whelan for sharing their stories. If you want to find out more about our guests, check out John Alpert's Downtown Community TV Center in NYC at dctvny.org. And for more on Paul's epic shenanigan, the book is Taro Lives, Confessions of a Sabres Hoaxer. And please help grow the nation by following along on Twitter and Instagram at Trickeration and rate and review the show wherever you're listening. Join us next week for a look back at the time Don Mattingly hazed the Yankees' new bat boy so bad the poor kid thought his first day was going to be his last day. Thanks for listening. Trickeration is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Watch sensational Grand Slam action on Tennis Channel as top stars clash at Roland Garros in Paris. Catch all the excitement. What a shot. Come on now. With Tennis Channel's comprehensive coverage as we bring you live matches and nightly encores, plus match previews. That is awesome. Don't miss one of the greatest events in all of sports. Roland Garros, the French Open. Daily live coverage on Tennis Channel, now through June 9th. You wouldn't expect to hear that we're America's third best city for beer like this one. Or home to vibes like this. And this. It might surprise you that we're top 10 for immersive art that's like. Whoa. And. Hmm. Not to mention, we have one of the top zoos in the country. So can a city with the country's best pro soccer team, ranking as a top culinary destination in the world, be in your own backyard? Yes, Columbus. Plan your summer at experiencecolumbus.com slash summer.